0: Welcome to the Say Yes Anyway podcast, where these are all conversations from the heart. You know, these conversations where sometimes we have this thing inside of us that we may not even be able to explain, but we know that we need to do it. We need to explore it. And that's where the Say Yes is so incredibly powerful. So today I'm so honored to introduce you guys to two of my most favorite people in the world because it's my dad and brother. My dad is one of my biggest heroes in the entire world, and I can talk to him about everything. And Vernie is actually one of my best friends and very grateful. So, so happy to have you guys.
1: Yeah, it's good to be here. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's Looking Thanksgiving time. This. It is Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, and we we're all here together as family and all six of us, Jasper, Melody, me, you, mom. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. Um, in sunny Arizona
0: yeah you guys just bought your first house
1: that's right first house in arizona
0: first okay not your first house second house that you bought yes okay how does it feel to be in arizona oh i love it you love it
1: love the sunshine love the desert there's a lot to the desert what love it
0: why do you love the desert
1: you know it's so unique because a a lot of people tend to look at it oh it's dry there's nothing there but when you really look you see the life the life that exists in the desert and then the history is wide open of the planet all the rocks and everything are fully exposed not hidden by soil and trees so you can just see god's creation right before your eyes just amazing that's cool i'm fascinated by the desert love it oh
0: that's so cool i'm like (laughs) i'm falling more in love with it because i'm definitely like ocean mountains and desert used to make me think of just dead you know but now i see a lot of beauty in it i think with being in it a lot more recently it's and going on hikes and being able to like you going around and showing me the specific rocks and just seeing the um sa, 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 what are they called the saguaru cactus, yeah. Saguaro cactus. yeah. cactuses yeah. those are cool mm-hmm. um but you're right and it's beautiful and we were watching the sunset today and just how there's like a unique sunset to arizona mm-hmm. and seeing the stars and the moon we were looking through the telescope bernie's telescope yeah the jupiter Sun. Uh-huh. So that's too. right
2: yeah and we uh-huh. saw that cluster of
1: stars Pleiades. Pleiades. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: so good yeah and today was cool too because as i was thinking about this this episode i was like gosh what is it that we'd want to talk about and and like we were talking about before just embracing i think we have a very unique thing in our family where you know there's six of us you have four kids and we are really really close we've been through a lot of high highs a lot of low lows and Um, I believe, has brought us a lot closer. And I think you have this amazing way of, you know, we were brought up in the same family, yet very, very different and um, very unique in all of our giftings, very unique in who we are, unique in what we've gone after in our lives and our careers. And so Vernie and I were just discussing about how amazing that is and also what that looks like in society these days to stay true really to who we are and so yeah just want to you know even hear from bernie like kind of how that popped up for you
2: do you want to start with that question or do you want to ask dad a specific question along that or a different
1: question
0: well what what sparked kind of that thing for you first when we were walking and you were just like gosh i've really been thinking about this topic
2: i would say especially now with how we're, we're in a society now of comparisons, of constant comparing with other people all the time. And the grass is greener on the other side. And it's not just access to media, but it's access to transportation. It's access to photos that are just able to be housed forever for the ability to communicate with someone across the world, etc. cetera. Where now you can see, and even options, you go in a grocery store and there's a thousand options. You go to a, a Macy's, there's a thousand options. And so we're constantly comparing all the time. And we, we feel like the newest thing is the best thing or what they have is better than us. And so I feel like that it creates a sense of what I have isn't good enough, mm-hmm. and but what they have is better. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like what we were talking about at the pool mm-hmm. is that... I feel that every person has a unique gift from God, a very unique gift. And instead of realizing what that is and being true to what what that is and just double downing on it, we wanna be a little bit of everything, right? We wanna be a part of this tribe and this society and this tribe and then true to this tribe this tribe and yada, yada, yada. Uh, But in reality, if you keep doing that, then you're not being true to yourself. And so like specific examples of that is like the whole entrepreneur wave, right? Like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody does, right? No one wants to be the employee. No one wants to be locked down. No one wants to be in like the cubicle. And so they all, everyone thinks like, Hey, I'm the CEO. Like, Hey, I'm the boss. Hey, I can do everything. Hey, I can do this and that when in reality, maybe you're not like Mm -hmm. maybe out of like a hundred people, maybe only 30 people should be entrepreneurs. Maybe Mm -hmm. 25 should only be entrepreneurs. And I was telling you too, like that example of, of um, my past CEO at a company that I was working with. And, um, I remember just like talking with him and like being around him. And this is, this is, this is a guy who's running a billion dollar business now. And, and like, he's the most motivated driven person I've ever seen, ever encountered ever. Mm -hmm. And, but I realized pretty quick, I was like, that's not me. You know, that's, I'm not, God didn't put me on this earth to build a billion dollar business. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't want to be Jeff Bezos. I don't want to be Elon Musk. I have no desire with that. But Mm -hmm. so many people feel like they should be in that position Mm -hmm. of, of that, but they don't realize the accountability that comes when, when you go down that path of Mm -hmm. like, Hey, if you're going to build like a billion dollar business, like realize like what accountability, what responsibility, what that does to your family, what Mm -hmm. that does to your to your health what that does to your sleep what that does to your just your entire life and they just see like hey this person has a billion dollar business like clearly the grass is greener on the other side and i want to be that and you can name like a thousand examples right and we're talking about traveling too mm-hmm. where you see people that are constantly scrolling instagram because people are posting like oh i'm i'm on a yacht in miami oh i'm on a beach in tahiti Oh, I'm at the pyramids in Egypt. Oh, I'm at the, at the, 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 I mean, Taj Mahal, I'm in Japan snowboarding. Right. And then everyone just sees that and and staying like, oh man, I want to be there. I want to be there. And you might be in a cool place like the desert in Arizona, and they might be looking at your Instagram saying, I want to be there. Mm -hmm. So it's like a constant comparison game of thinking that, Hey, I want to do what you're doing and not just realizing, Hey, what you're doing is actually great. Totally. And, like, realize, like, what you were given uh, in terms of, like, gifts. hmm You know? Yeah.
0: No, and it's good. And one thing, kind of bring it back, because I know um, we were talking about childhood mm-hmm. and how a lot of it correlates coming back to childhood. Because, you know, when we look at certain things like this, it, it always comes back to why. Like, somehow we are probably given some sort of you know, uh, an affirmation or like a hurrah for maybe something we've done or not done. And so, uh, expressing like maybe, you know, there were like four kids.
2: Yeah. yeah we, we were using the yeah. example not to interrupt, but we were using yeah. the example of like, if there's four kids yep. and then the parents are pushing, um, Hey, uh, I was using it, soccer as an example, yeah. like, Hey, you guys should all be in soccer, right? Soccer is the thing. That's what society likes. That's what's going to get you the trophies. That's what's going to get you the accolades. And so then we all start playing soccer. And at first it's all like, yeah, it's fun. We kick a ball, we hang out, yada, yada, yada. But then you realize like Jessica's, she just has that talent to just be better at soccer. And then, but then me, I want to, I want to compare with Jessica, my sister, of being better at soccer, right? So I'm like, no, I want to be the soccer player. I want to be the best at it. I want to just keep going. I want to keep going. And then whether the parents or society is like pushing, hey, that's, that's the popular kid. That's, that's the way to get the university stuff. That's the way X, Y, and Z. But then you realize like at 18 years old, um, and I used woodworking, for example, you realize that you like to carve wood or make chairs or make furniture or whatever the case may be. And then and then it becomes like a very interesting relationship where then you have like resentment. Then you have like, man, I lived this life of 18 years trying to be a soccer star when in reality, I didn't even like soccer.
1: And my true gift from God was just, Woodworking. Mm -hmm. And, and one of the the problems, I think that in my generation Mm -hmm. that we did wrong for kids is that, um, we put them into soccer and then we'd give them trophies Mm -hmm. and we gave everybody a trophy. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter if a person was good, if a person was bad at the sport, but we gave everybody a trophy and we tried to treat everybody equal and so then an individual was un- unable to really raise up mm. and become the star soccer player or whatever. And so it, it did a disservice um, to the younger generation of receiving trophies when they didn't earn it. And so therefore not earning it now a lot, at least I see a lot of, of uh, your generation feeling that hey i'm i should have this i'm entitled to this because we trained them my generation trained them well look you don't really have to work hard at anything because you're going to get the trophy so don't worry and that was a mistake in my generation hmm. that, we, that we did upon the, the younger younger youth interesting mm-hmm.
0: it's interesting that you bring that up too because we um, we're discussing say soccer, for example, still, and say, you know, you're the parent of all four of us kids that you actually do have. And so we are all in soccer and you're just like, yay, go, go, go. Like, um, we're making scores. You're doing great, whatever. And so soccer is glorified, even if we were all on like an equal plane. And you were saying that to Jasper, to me, to, to Vernie, to Melody, like, you know, applauding the soccer but then if, you know, what if, if I wanted to go do singing then, and you didn't applaud it as much. And it Mm -hmm. was, it was more like, then what if I felt like I wasn't good enough or like, Oh, well, I really want to be singing right now, but I feel that I'm more important or more valuable if I'm playing soccer. And so um, there's, what do you think about that too?
1: Yeah, that's that's a real problem that comes into parenting. And, yeah, and it's a real challenge as a parent to be open and understanding and aware to have mm-hmm. that that awareness. Mm-hmm. And because uh, everybody obviously is different, God created each one of us with as a unique person, mm-hmm. and we all have different interests. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, um, having everyone play soccer could be good. Yeah. Because it's it's great to mm-hmm. have that exposure totally. to different things, and then mm-hmm. you find out, yeah, soccer's not good for me, mm-hmm. you know. And for example, Vernie played uh, baseball for a while, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't his sport. Yeah. And Melody also, uh, one of your sisters, uh, played baseball, and it wasn't hers. And and so then it was just okay. Well, hey, you know, I did it, and even myself, you know, I played football. And I realized that, uh, yeah, football wasn't mine, but I did find my niche. And actually, I was you were made co- for water. Well, I was made for water, but I actually <laughs> in high school and college, I was pole vaulting. Oh. And so I, I learned that and I, I really liked it and I excelled at it. And, and it was a lot of fun.
0: Hmm. What do you think as a, as a father having four different kids and, of course, I'm the oldest. And so you had to kind of try with me, I guess, and then maybe with Vernie, then going to Melody and Jasper, just seeing the uniqueness of all of us. And then did like, how did your, I guess, perspective of parenting shift to kind of bring out each one of our giftings?
1: Yeah. The, uh, the gifting and especially, you know, with four kids and through that raising through the parenting, um, we're growing as parents yeah. and, As a parent, the kids really help the parent grow. Mm -hmm. Without kids, uh, you know, a couple will not be able to grow to nearly their fullest potential. And so kids, and uh, I'm sure grandkids, we don't have grandkids yet, but I'm sure they also elevate that growth. So it's, it's a constant communication with God and... It's, uh, you know, reading books and things, mm, that's one thing, but it's that real life experience and that connection to God. And then to bring that into an understanding of each individual and it's, and it's okay that each individual is an individual Mm -hmm. and they make their mistakes and you can see them grow and you can see their personalities different. So even with four siblings, The personalities are very different.
0: What are some things that are unique about each one of us that you notice? Like, okay, you're this way, you're this way because we're all very different.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So starting with the youngest one, um, you know, Jasper actually is a very uh, giving and artistic individual Mm -hmm. and very artistic as well. And uh, so he really likes to um, to serve. And then, uh, and Melody, Melody is actually, um, she's like, she can be like a bulldog where she sees some place that she wants to go and then she latches onto it and then just, just keeps moving. She has a very good perseverance, very loyal person. Mm-hmm. And then Vernie, <clears throat> Vernie is, um, is a funny guy.
0: Um <laughs> are you? Able to uh especially with the socks <laughs> you were wearing today. That's
1: right I like best. it. I was, yeah. Bernie has a sense <laughs> of humor and uh and is able to uh make assessments and then based upon those assessments make decisions. And and making decisions are is, is really important because sometimes people get stuck and they don't make the decision. Yeah. And so Whether it's the decision to do one thing or do another, but to be stuck in the middle and make no decision, it's Mm -hmm. like a boat without a rudder. It's like worse. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's good. Okay, look, you you pray and say, you know, Heavenly Father or however one wants to pray to their God and just, you know, I'm going to make this decision. And then you make it and, hey, if you have to change course, change course. Mm -hmm. But at least a decision was made. Mm -hmm. And then Jessica. Jessica is one who's really warm hearted and uh, really brings um, attempts to bring everyone uh, together uh, for everyone to be involved and to pull out uh, the best out of them and get their true nature and have everybody involved and moving. So very good at, uh, at uh, generating Something from nothing, and taking it on and moving it forward and uh, uh, bringing some kind of result.
0: Hmm. That's cool. Nice. Well, I've never heard that about all the all the children. That's... <laughs> no, that's amazing when you know, a father can actually do that, but it's I think it's so imperative, as you say it, for parents to be able to do that so then that way they can encourage their children, because it stems from the parenting into later on for people to, to be able to understand and, and come back to what Bernie was saying, like they're lame, you know, and, and usually a lot of stuff, it does stem from child, you know, stuff like wh- whatever we believed about ourselves when we were super young, whatever, like our parents told us, whatever our siblings were, or there's comparison with our siblings or whatever it might be, or friends or this or that, and whatever we made that mean. Is generally something that's happening today whether we want to be successful in a in a career whether we want to be like you said an entrepreneur whether we want to take on some sort of role or task and it's it can be exhausting because I think especially these days it's like man people want to know you know it's so easy to just be like yeah, go and live who you are and do what you want and go and and be that. But people don't know what that actually means, how to hone it in. And it's like, oh, well that's glorified. So maybe that's me. Or, oh, I felt good one time that maybe that's me. And so it's just like a very interesting thing that these days you can't just tell someone like, do what you're good at. And it's like a deeper, a deeper thing that we have to find out and just be like, whoa, is this really me and what i want to do and who i am you know
1: yeah and it really there's a real strong core at the early ages in one's life Uh and the relationship that they have with the parents Mm -hmm. and i can speak specifically more about a father Mm -hmm. and uh and also with that it develops their relationship with god and a a, in a father position if there's no father in the household, that's a real challenge. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, there's a lot of people who've overcome that and have been able to find themselves uh, with God. And but unfortunately, there's uh, there's our society has a number of uh, fathers that may have not been living up to the standard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and taking on the role. As being a, you know, a, tr- a true father, a true parent, because that is the kids' representation of God,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and so then without that, then they can be deviated into other things and not really knowing which direction to go. So as a parent, and specifically as a father, it's really really important to uh, constantly be getting your act together and honing in and make sure that you're in alignment with God because it not only affects you, but it affects the generations behind that are coming up. So that's really important.
0: You said a good point the other day when you were talking about like um and I think especially these days, so many people are are have a a weird view, of course, you know, even as you talk about like god and father and things like that but having something more endearing like if if we see god is like our daddy you know is mm-hmm. like something like abba father like something that is just more instead of so like what did what did you call it it was like this pedestal or like a um more demanding or what, what was the word you judgmental used? yeah like judgmental exactly. like that's not you know if we have that view of our father our actual physical dad father, then that's how we're gonna view God. But what if like our our dad on earth, which again, some people don't have dads, but what if what if there was something there's more endearing about you know that like looking at you and being like, oh I'm a daddy's girl. Like I just find it very endearing and comforting and like very close and like this unconditional love, you know, and, um, of course people have to go through a lot of healing on, with their earthly father in order to feel that, but it's true. It's like, a Oh, maybe, maybe God seems so far away and I have no idea what that means or can't have a relationship with that because that's scary or, or judgmental. Um, so I just, I just wanted to say that just cause I know some people have no idea. It's just an interesting view of how to describe god so mm-hmm. you know when you say having a close connection everybody's connection is so different so maybe there's like a view that just needs to be looked at
2: mm. yeah one thing that mom and dad I would say did really well with us well especially me okay I guess I can't speak with with uh Jessica Mel, and Jasper, but I, I perceive they got the same thing is see I think the best thing I've never had kids but the number one thing to give a kid is a sense of love, right? Mm -hmm. To like some degree. But I think the second thing to give them is like a real sense of like confidence in themselves and not just confidence and ability to accomplish something, but also the the confidence to do something, fail, and then do something else again. And I don't think a lot of kids get that from their parents. And I think we got it really early on and i remember i remember um i remember two times when i was like i want to say fifth or sixth grade one time was um when i you guys cut down the trees and then you told me if i chop all the wood and sell it on craigslist i can keep all the money Mm -hmm. and having the and kind of like and, and you you let me take the photos and like post it on Craigslist. And, and you even had me communicate with the people and I'm in fifth or sixth grade. And to allow your kid just to go through that and have the confidence just to like fail. Cause I remember too, like I posted on there and I said, dry I have a bunch of dry wood. I have two cords of dry wood and it's 300 bucks each. So I was gonna make $600. I'm young, $600 is a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember posting it and then it rained the night up and I was like, oh shoot, oh my gosh. So I run out there with the tarp and then I like lock it down and the next day they come to pick up the wood and it was kind of wet at the time, but they still bought it. But just the ability that I could be so young and like fail at something like that, I think was really, really key. And then the Mm -hmm. second part was, oh, and then I took that money and then I bought more of the XTXN stock and then the J stock. So you let me have a Scott trade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He That's taught right. me day trading at totally. a young age. Oh
0: yeah. You were in like <laughs> elementary school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I learned some of that and I was like, eh, maybe not for me, Yeah,
2: but like allowing <laughs> me, to, allowing me to like, you know, go through the process of selling wood on Craigslist mm-hmm. at fifth or sixth grade, mm-hmm. taking the 600 bucks, putting in a Scott trade account mm-hmm. under my dad's name yeah. and then buying two penny stocks mm-hmm. where yeah. I could have lost my money the next day, totally. but just going through that whole process. To me, it was a big, mm-hmm. a big thing. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was, I remember, remember when we were having a conversation with my science teacher at FWAPA, and I was telling him, I was like, I'm going to the NBA. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. right. I remember that. Yeah,
2: I, I'm going to the NBA. Yep. And I was so, I was so confident yeah. that like it, it's, it was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, um, he was like, well, hey, like he told us that he played collegiate basketball mm-hmm and he didn't make it to the nba but he said even where he was playing like everyone was really 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 good and he, he was kind of like you know m- maybe have some like realistic goals but in my eyes i was like no i'm going to the nba mm-hmm. right so just having the ability but dad never dad was never like you know maybe you should learn science or, or like maybe you should become a scientist or maybe you should become this or mm-hmm. that like there were suggestions like totally. you, you know be like hey maybe you like this maybe you like that maybe you, you know, like there was that time when I was going to do sports medicine. So you suggested, hey, maybe do sports medicine. Mm. But it was never like pushing me totally. towards something. So having that confidence of being like, hey, your kid's going to figure out that when he's 16 and he's still 5'9", he's not going to the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's not going to the yeah, NBA. Totally. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and that's a good point because I think with, with all of us, you guys did do a really good job at that because I even remember I thought I was going to go to business school because I was like, oh, yeah, with with business and like marketing and communication, I can go anywhere. And then um, and then I remember being so afraid to tell you guys I wanted to go to beauty school because that was just like so off the mark and not college. I remember you were like setting us all up for college and I was applying for scholarships and, you know, putting some finances into different um uh different accounts and just saving a ton and all that type of stuff and then what they did really really well same as what you Mm -hmm. said was when i brought it up and i was i was afraid you know to be like hey i really want to go to beauty school i remember dad and mom just being like okay Um, well, tell me more like they were curious Mm -hmm. and then they did suggest like, okay, are you sure you don't want to go to four year first? And are you sure you don't want to do this? And I was like, no, I'm like positive. This is what I want to do. And then you guys were like, okay, here you go and supported it. And so with that, it's like letting your child potentially fail, like who knows if they're good at it or not, but allowing us to try and figure it out and also be supportive along the way. Mm -hmm. And I know. But it's given,
1: it gave
2: us like so much confidence to fail.
0: Exactly. So I think honestly with all of us, I think with, with most of us, of course, it was just like, like I've been able to look at life. It is, I don't even look back and see anything as a failure, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've always just been like, okay, well that didn't really work. Like, we'll try this now. Or, okay, that wasn't that great. Like maybe I'm not great at that. I'm going to head over here. And It's beautiful because I think that that's what stops a lot of people's fear of failure. And if, if that's the forefront of just like, well, go ahead and try it out. The worst that can happen is you just go back to where you started. And I think you guys did a good job of that. And that's where building the confidence, you know, can come from. And what do you think, um, Vernie, because I know you and I both and dad too, actually just in business and entrepreneurship and things like that, how, especially these days, you know, COVID's happened and we, we are in a world crisis. We're in a world trauma. And at one point, everybody just kind of had to figure out what to do, like out of, out of survival. And, um, we all did, you know, and we all feel it and being kinder to ourselves is really, really important. And just realizing, okay, maybe I'm just not, as fast as i was or maybe like i can't have as much like pressure on that person because emotionally this is a lot but kind of with that thought of you know as people are are almost like trying to come back and find their identity again like what their lane is because maybe they had to just switch careers right away or maybe they had to move states just because they thought that they had to maybe yeah. what do you guys think about that collective right now because i think it's um it's just caused a lot of almost like identity crisis or confusion or, um, yeah, just a lot of sorrow with, I think what we're talking about, just kind of building that almost stay in your lane or, or confidence in just your giftings. I have to share something with you guys that I absolutely love right now. And that is the MoBot foam roller and water bottle all in one. I'm not joking you, when I first saw this thing, I got on the ground with my jeans and heels and I was obsessed. So I love this thing because it is all about sustainability and 100% recycled stainless steel, non-toxic foam. It's FDA approved and BPA free. It's a company that I love that's based off of community. And so all about feeling good and doing good, feeling good from the inside within yourself and toward others. And I love that they give back to the, those that are less fortunate. And they're all about service in so many different ways and building community. And so anyway, go ahead, feel free, check it out. What's so cool is you actually get a discount. And because I've partnered with them just for you, you get 15% off if you go to mobot.com and use my code, JESSICA20. And once again, JESSICA with the number 20. All right, let me know how you like it. I would love to hear.
1: So now with COVID and the the challenges that all of us have faced uh, worldwide, uh, there's a lot of things that we as individuals cannot control, but the only thing that we can control is our attitude Mm -hmm. and how we respond to it. Yeah. And in many ways, it's a blessing. It can Mm -hmm. be a, a whole cultural shift Yeah. And a mind shift on how we perceive things and how we move forward. So the key is not to be pulled down by it, Mm -hmm. but to be lifted up with it. Mm -hmm. And that is why it's so important to have an alignment with God, because once we deviate from God, then we can, you know, everything's wide open. And so we need to have, keep that constant relationship with God and, uh, and just move forward and do what we have control of, which is our attitude and how we respond to things. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: so for me, I look at the COVID, actually, it was a real blessing. And because I had many opportunities to work uh, remotely and it opened up whole new avenues uh, for me. And at first it was kind of awkward. But then, as going through it and and looking at it from a perspective of, uh, well, this is unique. This is never have done this before. This is great. So it's like this whole discovery, whole exploring, exploring process, which was a lot of fun. And uh, so it depends on how we respond. You know, mm-hmm. our whole attitude towards it. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think about? You know, it. I actually researched what was one of the biggest Google research during COVID, and it was how to become an online entrepreneur, something along those lines. And so it was almost like everybody then thought, oh, I need to build something online. Oh, I need to be this online entrepreneur. Oh, I need to like, you know, do this specific thing. And I know for me, I was hosting retreats and doing a lot of outdoor things. And so of course I had to pivot. I had to get super duper creative and not knowing is this my end all be all is this just a for now to just like bring in an income like what is this but what do you say about that because i feel that yes so much opportunity one million percent and now i feel you know for some people they're they're in something maybe that is absolutely an opportunity but is that where they're supposed to stay is that maybe you know, like, how do we figure out, like, is this the route for you? Or um, with kind of with that exploration process of what we were discussing, like, is this really you? Or is this what society is telling you is like the best thing ever?
1: Yeah, so my perspective on that would be, you know, granted, it, it might be cool to be sit, sitting somewhere in Tahiti on a laptop and then raking in the dough. But is that reality and also getting there a lot of effort and blood sweat and tears Mm -hmm. go in to be able to get to that uh, level and is that what one is destined to do just to sit on a beach i don't think so because each one of us have unique destinies and so forth Mm -hmm. and as far as that online it's not as glamorous as it might be um put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a lot of solitude, Mm -hmm. uh, building things online and we as human beings are people,
3: Mm uh,
1: and we require to have that interaction. Now, granted, um, online things you can have interaction can, because you have, you know, depending on how disciplined one is, they can go ahead and, and work the online aspects. And then they can have the social networking and things with that human uh, touch that is really, really needed. Uh, some people might say, no, I don't need the human touch, but they need to be honest with themselves. Everybody needs that human touch. Absolutely. So that's kind of my perspective on that. Mm-hmm. And I love online things. I love, uh, building websites and, uh, uh, you know, taking things that I have learned and implementing them into a website and also with filming and, and, uh, editing and, Putting things out there for individuals to be able to gain some aspect to better themselves. So. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Bernie?
1: Well, I feel like okay.
2: So let's make this very simple.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: COVID happened. The most search phrase was starting an online business. Is that what I heard?
0: Something along those lines. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I think you got to take, take a step back and think like, why is that? So number one is because they lost their job and they need money. right? So that, that could be a, a reasonable reason why they're trying to do that. They need to survive, totally. right? We all need to survive. We need to pay for rent. We need to pay for food. It's, it's one of the basic purposes of life to survive. The other one would be kind of like what dad was saying with, um, like community, like maybe they're doing it because now they're locked in their house and they want like a sense of like creating a community that they can be a part of because they, mm-hmm. they don't have that sense of love in the home or a sense of, of experience in the home mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So they're trying to experience like a sense of love
3: mm-hmm.
2: per se that they're lacking inside. So they want to go for that. And then I think the third would be are they doing that because they lost their sense of impact? And so most people that were maybe like nine to five, they went in the office all the time and they felt like, Hey, I was making some type of change or they're going to their church and they were like, Hey, I'm making a little, little change or they're going to their nonprofits and they're like, I'm making a little bit of change now they're like locked up. So they're like, Hey, how do I make a change and I feel that sense of change and impact in my life. And so then they, try to start like an online business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think one should really figure out what I'm going with on that topic is like, one should figure out like, why are they trying to start an online business? Mm-hmm. Because I would I would argue that 99% of those people are not entrepreneurs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I really don't think most people are entrepreneurs.
0: What do you think it takes to be an entrepreneur?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I'm an entrepreneur.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I question that all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to. Uh, you have to be willing to give recognition to everyone else. Take no recognition for yourself. I feel like you have to learn that. You take accountability with nothing in exchange. You have to learn that there's no expectations. So you could devote five years of your life and get nothing back. Um, you can't do it for money at all. Money should never be a goal. Um, You have to, I mean, you have to have skills like empathy. You have to have skills like a great listener. You have to have obviously leadership skills, which you can name like thousands traits towards. So I think there's so much that goes into entrepreneurship. You have to Mm -hmm. know how to make decisions. Mm -hmm. You have to know that every decision impacts more people than just you. So I think there's so much more, there's so Mm -hmm. much bigger of being an entrepreneur than mm-hmm. like some side hustle totally. right if you're doing side hustles you're not an entrepreneur in yeah. my in my opinion mm-hmm. um you're just someone who wants like a little side hobby and, and yeah and i've had 20 30 of those um but that's not an entrepreneur so that's that's yeah you got to be able to lead the people and be willing to get um basically shot first before your people come Mm, you know but mm. but realize like the people that are coming after you are going to be the ones that reap the benefit not you
0: Mm -hmm. that's
2: an entrepreneur totally yeah it's
0: kind of that like a big thing that i've been thinking a lot about is like is that legacy you know and always thinking like okay why the heck am i even trying to build anything i'm doing and it's because well when i'm gone this is able to sustain and like it's impacting all the people back there like right now i know maybe it's not like like, yes, we see fruit, but it's more what is being produced later from what you're doing now, like planting the seed and just believing and knowing that it's going to be bigger than what is now and what you could do from it. And I agree. I think it's like a, you know, just something where you do have to have that big vision and mission and knowing that it's very hard. Like Mm -hmm. my friend and I'm When we were in Costa Rica on our homeless journey, it was very much, we were all laughing because we were like, whoa, like we're actually living our dream right now. Like we're doing really actually genuinely from our soul and our heart, what we want to be doing. And we were like laughing about it, but then we were like, and it's flipping hard work. We would never tell anybody that this is always fun, like Mm -hmm. to, to be able to do the things that you really want to do as an entrepreneur or as someone that has an online business or as somebody that build something of impact in any kind of way it's like you have to be so so willing to go through the hardship Mm -hmm. and so willing to be gritty and so willing to you know um get stressed out and then come to a place of peace and make decisions from that place maybe for the the detriment of yourself for a little bit of time and for the benefit of others and um, and then coming to that point too of like, well, cause I, I'm now at a point where I do not actually see the benefit of risking my entire life for, um, for like the hustle, you know, it's mm-hmm. more like, and that's, I think where people have to come to of like what they actually want. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm like, I do want to build something that's impactful, but not to where my whole body and mind and emotions, I wouldn't be there for my family or or I wouldn't be able to be there for my future children or for my future spouse or my friends. Like I want to be able to be alive for all of you guys in front of me. And so to be able to like, yes, at the end of the day, I want to be tired from just knowing, okay, I put in the work and like, this was so good and fulfilling, but I want to feel good, you Mm -hmm. know, at the end of the day. And if there's something that's allowing you to not this is for me, by the way, if there's, and I always do check-ins, it's like, if there's something that's not allowing me to be that way, what is it that I have to take off my plate? Or what is it that's not in alignment with me? Or what is it that maybe I have to delegate to someone else? Or what is it that I have to say no to and yes to? And it's like a very, you never fully get there because it's always a journey. Like whatever you shift, Mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, that's a little different there. Oh, I really actually am into this. Oh, my purpose, this, in this season is this oh you know mm-hmm. and so it's just always And you a can change place. too and i feel yeah. like a
2: lot of people don't want to admit that they're changing totally and and that's why because kind of going back on the entrepreneur thing mm-hmm. i genuinely am convinced that like maybe half a percent if not less of people should be an entrepreneur i think most of them should be freelancers mm-hmm. or a consultant Right. Like more of that mentality than an actual true entrepreneur. But there are stages where like maybe it makes sense and then maybe it doesn't. We can still kind of change to a degree. To well, some it, come, it degree.
1: comes down to success because everybody wants success. But what is the definition of success? Is it money? And I look at it as success is a continuous journey towards the achievement of Predetermine worthwhile goals and what are worthwhile goals that's what each and every individual has to sit down and and figure that out Mm -hmm. and then success isn't isn't just about money and that's unfortunately that is how we look at things we look at a corporation oh they're successful they have great earnings Mm -hmm. but is that really success what impact are they doing on humanity what legacy Mm -hmm. talk about legacy what legacy are they leaving is it good? Is it bad? So we really need to look at success and how we intertwine that within our own being. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And status too is a big thing. And especially with the media, kind of like what I was saying before now is you can see what everyone else is doing. And status is such a high, I would argue that status now is probably bigger than money because people want to be, want to have that type of status, whether it's, I am the entrepreneur or I am the VP or I am a CEO, right? Okay. You're a CEO of a five person company that you make a hundred grand a year. Like you're not changing anything. You're not giving anything. You're not like impacting anyone's mm-hmm. lives, but you're a CEO. Like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and you can, you can kind of go down to of, of status of, oh, I've been to a hundred countries. Like, look at me. Totally. Oh, I... Um, or even even with giving, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole concept of giving is to give, not to give to tell people that you give. Yeah. Right? Right. It's like, okay, you're going to take a photo of you giving food to the homeless so then people can see that you're giving. Like mm-hmm. that's a sense of status, mm-hmm. right? They're like, I mm-hmm. am mm-hmm. selfish or mm-hmm. selfless, mm-hmm. right? Like selfless actions should not be told to other people. Yeah. Like you just do it and people see it. And then the most selfless people are people that others will see and then they talk about mm-hmm. Right, and that's why you look at someone like Marcus Aurelius, right, or even Jesus Christ. Right? Did Jesus Christ write the Bible? He didn't write the Bible, right? No, he didn't. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute, let me get this right. I was like, man, I actually don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a great point, but do I have a great point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but look at Jesus Christ. He did not write the Bible. Right. All his disciples wrote the Bible about him. mm -hmm. Right. Marcus Aurelius, same thing. He wrote all these books. And people found them, and then they told the whole world mm-hmm. they were his diaries, mm-hmm. right? So, so I feel like it's it's not as cool to be generous unless if people know that you're generous. But then it just eliminates the whole thought, right. the whole process.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that just comes back to that point of really like who are you, you know, and like, and I even think about you know if I I have this thing sometimes where. I want someone to know how much I love them, you know, so I'll either like do something or say something or show up or call you or like, whatever. It's not, it's not bad. It's good because I want you to know how much I love you. Um, but also knowing and just being okay with like, okay, I really don't have to do any of that for you to know. I love you. Like, hopefully I just know that hopefully, you know, I love you, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, like in society, that's something that, that that i do you know and i think everybody... but you don't have
2: to tell other people
0: right right like it's no,
2: okay no. for you to go to dad and say hey you're an amazing father but you don't have to post something on social media and right. say like like my father is the greatest um and you, you know what i mean like you don't have to do it that way because then it's like are you telling the world how much you love which i mean it, 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 there's a whole nother topic of of doing that which mm-hmm. which is benefit to but if you're constantly doing it then there's some lack. Right. Really that's Well, but going the on. point
0: that I was getting at is okay, if if I don't say I love dad and he has like laundry on the ground or something and I'm just like, "Oh my god, why can't he just freaking pick up his laundry?" Of course it isn't you. But like if that were the case and I was did it out of spite, you know, out of just like, "Okay, I just I'm just going to do this thing." Almost like why you do the things you do. So if I don't actually want to pick up his clothes and put it in the wash and it's not coming from a place of actual love and actual being genuine, then I'm not going to do it. And so same thing as like generosity. Mm. And if somebody's giving like that's amazing, but like why give anything if it's really not coming from a pure heart? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that goes to the same thing of like, I think a lot of people that want to shout things from the rooftop, it's because it may, I mean, I'm not saying that this is true, but maybe there's something in their heart that they're just, it's not fully genuine. It's like, okay, I'm doing this because of whatever approval or because I want to feel this certain way.
1: Mm -hmm. I just want to bring in one thing on on the giving Mm -hmm. and I feel that uh, and believe that giving takes practice mm-hmm. and so if you look at a, a little kids they're in the more of the me it's kind of a survival mm-hmm. because they've ever they've got to survive in this world and so as a little kid you want to teach them to share mm-hmm. to give and so it's a behavior that's learned yeah and then even as we get older we still need to practice that giving and sometimes yeah money to that person, but I know they need it. And I have a lot, but here, Mm -hmm. and it's still that practicing. Mm -hmm. And eventually, as we practice more, and actually, we feel good, you you get vitality elements when you do good deeds. Mm -hmm. And then that vitality lifts you up and go, whoa, I that that made me feel really good. Mm -hmm. And so I want to do more. Mm -hmm. And so it's that that whole cycle of practice, continue practice giving. And we as a society need to do more of that.
0: Yeah. And it's inspiring when you actually see someone else do it because it's like, oh, whoa, they're doing that. Like I could do that too. Mm-hmm. And so even when you say like, why do you have to show about it? Like sometimes it's not from a place of, oh, look at me, but like, hey, this is possible and you can do this too. So I think there's like a lot of ways of, of figuring that out, but it's, it's within themselves to figure out like how they do it though, you know, and how how they do want to give, whether that's monetarily, whether that's their time, whether that's Mm. their energy, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's different for everyone. And um, all in all, if you could tell the audience or anybody listening, one piece of wisdom of coming back to who you are authentically and living that out right now, what would that be?
1: Yeah, see, I, I would go back. To childhood, and what inspired the individual in childhood, and I can speak from my perspective. And I was uh, I w- I had a nickname, and it was Wowie, because I looked at everything and I go Wowie, like how did that get there? <laughs> and I grew up on a street called Myrtle Street, and I used to stand on the street and envision if I walked, just keep, kept walking. Now, granted, I'm four or five years old. If I keep walking, I should be able to come right back to the same spot. Now, I didn't know how big the earth was. I had no concept, That's cute. but um, so that actually kind of drew me in more and more into exploring and discovering and in the area of science. And and it was through science that I built a strong relationship with God because I I learned that man there's got to be there has to be a God this is incredible and he's the greatest scientist there is so as a result I kept following that and uh, that whole scientific field and ended up you know going through college and so forth and and working in in that arena as well so uh, I would tend to flow back to that those times in childhood and find out okay what was what were those inspiring things because at that time we're really innocent Mm -hmm. and granted we don't have a lot of experience but we can take that innocence and perhaps project it into uh something further in the future
0: Hmm, that's so good and just so yeah just so people know so you studied geology you got your um uh, environmental science? Like what was kind of that route? Because you you were curious. And so you just kept kind of navigating all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's true. Now granted, you know, I grew up in a family who didn't pursue education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were farmers, one of
0: nine kids.
1: Uh, yeah, nine kids. So 11 in the family. So they, they came from the farming uh, background. And then uh, uh, my father ended up getting a job at Boeing. And so it was more like, uh, you know, just get a job, work hard at your job. Cause at that time you get a job, you stay there, you know, Mm -hmm. like at Boeing, you stay there 20, 30, 40 years Mm -hmm. until you retire. And so I really wanted to, uh, advance my education. And so I, I went and I talked to a school counselor and he told me flat out that I wasn't college material and that, why do uh, you tell you that um because i really enjoyed life and i didn't get into trouble
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are not college material because you really
1: love life uh, yeah i did not get into trouble i mean i did good in in some classes like physics for some reason i get a in physics you get
2: from god yeah Science. yeah i know it was yeah.
1: it was real easy i mean and most people struggle in physics, and I couldn't understand why they struggle. I mean, it was, <laughs> it's so simple. Yeah, it's
3: <laughs> so yeah. simple. Give me yeah. a physics, yikes. <laughs> Yeah.
1: But um, yeah, the you know, the the counselor knew my other siblings also, and because uh, we all went to the same school, it was seventh to twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all kind of going through there, and uh, um, kind of projected an image and kind of already felt he knew me. And also I was the one who would water ski to school. I mean, (laughs) and and things of that nature. So I was kind of a, you know, hey, this is fun, you know? And so he didn't feel that, you know, I was really, I would really be hardworking in college. Cause at that time uh, it took a lot of hard work. And so anyway, I, when he told me that, it was like a light bulb. Hmm. Oh, so you don't think I can make it to college? Okay. (laughs) So anyway, I did it. I went and and, oh, then I shared with my parents. And right away, they said, Well, who's going to pay for it? And you know, because they had no money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I ended up working my way through college, and uh, then continued on went on to grad school and things of that nature. But all through that, you know, I was scrapping, you know, always looking to make money and uh, um, trying to to pay the the bills. And, you know, that went on for a number of years. And it was a lot of fun. And then teaming up with your mother into different joint adventures and adventures, not ventures, adventures. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I don't, I don't regret it. There's some things I look back and go, hmm, what if I focused on that? Where, Where would I be? But Oh, yeah, I remember why I left that, so I have to go back. Why didn't I pursue that? And, and one of them, I'll just give you an example, was flying, because I was doing a, a, a flying uh, airplanes, and then I started flying uh, uh, computer chips for IBM from New York to Chicago. And I used to fly at night, and so the uh, the place I was flying for, they wanted to hire me as an instructor and so forth. And I go, man, I don't, I don't want to be an instructor. And then then they, they thought, oh, man, you could, you could really pursue in this career. And, and I was thinking, mm, I don't really want to do that. Actually, flying just long distances is really boring. And, uh, you know, once you take off and land, that's exciting. But once you're up there, it's kind of boring. I used to always try to find people to come uh, with me. and then, um, But the key reason why I kind of shifted was I didn't want to be a, a taxi cab driver in the air you know just to i thought it it would just be too boring for me and that's why i shifted uh and did other things and and then i still flew on the side and did different things of that nature but uh, yeah so we all live with things that oh what what if i did something different you know why didn't i pursue that or whatever and sometimes you've got to i mean you can think about it dwell on it but sometimes you've got to let it go and mm-hmm. move on
0: mm-hmm. yeah no, that's true. Because you did have so many endeavors, you know, you have started so many little businesses yep. or selling things on the side of yep. the road or building nonprofits. Mm, or... That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Everything is a process of mm-hmm. growth. And that's what we come back down to that success. Mm-hmm. So we didn't rake in millions of dollars, but we raked in millions of experiences mm-hmm. that can propel us and, in, and, in, and, in, you know, just propel us forward, which Mm -hmm. is which is just great.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing with what we were talking about, just kind of figuring out that uniqueness about us is trying it out. And because you were saying, like, we're going to shift anyway. Like, I think sometimes people really do think, oh, my gosh, if I make this decision, it's forever and it's really not forever. Once you make a decision, you you are going to navigate it Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. that's going to shift and then you're going to navigate it. Then that's going to shift again. And so just being okay with that. And like you said, let go of the old in with the new and accept, and also look forward to the opportunities of what is, and that's amazing. I love that. What about you, Vernie? What's one one takeaway that you could give to listeners?
2: First of all, dad didn't say one thing. He said many things.
3: (laughs) It's good.
1: Yeah. We're good. Uh, eh. (laughs) (laughs) Eight.
2: wisdom we need more we need more of the wisdom wisdom man that's a hard question i would say i'm gonna say one thing and then i'm gonna follow up with many things is
0: long story long
2: yeah (laughs) is i feel like life is simpler than what we all make it to be yes much more simpler and i feel like answer the answer is much more simpler than what we make it out to be Mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of like actionable steps especially after reading a lot of self-help books that could have been told over a quick little email to me (laughs) because
0: you love efficiency
2: yeah it's Mm -hmm. all about efficiency um or even 30-minute presentations which could have been condensed into a text message Mm -hmm. I would say how to arrive there if you don't realize it already is um, I would focus on spiritual life first so if that's not strong or you have a basis I would just figure out how to increase your spiritual life whether that's going to churches um, talking to religious leaders, reading, reading on the Bible or whatever, you know, I'm not going to tell you what religion to go after. Yeah. Just, just, just figure out your spiritual life first. Number two is figure out your survival life. Um, because I feel like there's so much energy wasted in worrying about where you're going to live, worrying about, do you have enough money for food worrying about, do you have money for your kids? Like there's just so much energy wasted in that bucket that if you could just figure that out, I feel like you'll have immediately 10 hours back in your day, just like that. So spiritual life, one, figure out your survival life like that. And then after that, I would figure out who are your loved ones in your life and do whatever you can to improve their life. So, if you have um, if, if you had a bad child, if, if you had a shitty uh, childhood for whatever reason, you don't have a good relationship with your parents, okay, that's totally fine. or if you have a bad relationship with your siblings or if you have no siblings or you have no family at all, like whoever your loved ones are, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's your mailman, whether it's like your florist, whether it's your the guy at the gym you see every morning when you walk in you just sit, you talk for five minutes, like figure out your top loved ones and make their life better. Just make their life, and that could be, if if you have no money, just write them a thank you letter. If you have, if you have money, maybe pay for their water bill one month. If if, um, they're out of shape, go on a run with them. If they need positive reinforcement, tell them good things every day, right? Like whatever that is, just increase their life, just increase their life. And I feel like if you just follow those three steps, I feel like your life will improve, honestly
0: yeah, cool. I love good. that. That's good. I love that. Well, I'm super thankful for obviously you guys so much. And I know we could keep talking forever, and we're just gonna keep talking after this, but to save everyone's ears and efficiency and hopefully that this is something that everybody could take something away, um we're gonna go ahead and and end this. And I'm just so I love you guys so much.
2: Okay, love you too, yes you
0: too. Okay. All right, don't you just love them? They literally are the most amazing men in my life. And so I hope that, That wasn't just something inspiring or just a cool story but that you were able to take something from it and apply it to your own life and just really figure out who are you really come back to your childhood what do you care about what's actually happening in your life right now and where does your energy need to focus so i hope that you enjoyed that and i cannot wait for the next one we'll see you soon